Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hey team, thanks for sticking with me during my break, and thanks to everyone that filled out my survey a few weeks back. Your input was really incredibly kind, and I'm just so excited to get back into the show now. To get things going, we're going to come back at it with some listener questions. Questions that I kind of let build up while I was on break, so I may be doing a few of these episodes to try and catch back up. Although, don't be shy to drop new questions for me at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. In this week's Q&A, we're going to be looking at working from home and how to do better with some of our eating habits. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash QA5. All right, keep on listening to find out how rusty I am after taking my summer break. Hi, this is Sarah, uh, new to the podcast. Really glad I found this. But my question is, I've started working from home and I'm really trying to capitalize on the time I have, but want to make sure I'm taking good breaks and not just being sucked into my laptop all day. Do you have a um, schedule format or suggested rhythm for someone who's working at home from like 8.30 to 4? You know, how often should I take breaks? How often should I walk? Stuff like that. Thanks. All right. Thanks for the question, Sarah. So creating structure while we're working from home is definitely important. And it's great that you're already thinking of things like incorporating breaks into your days. Because, yeah, it's super easy to just start working and let ourselves work well past the time that would be good for us to take a break. Now, I also have to add this unfortunate caveat that this is going to take some experimenting because we all have our own workflows and how we get things done best. But I think we can still dive into a few ways that we can get started on this. One of the best things I found for working for home for me is daily planning using time blocking. I know it doesn't sound all that effective, but when I can create that visual view of my day, it's a lot easier to see when I need to slip in those breaks. So a quick overview of time blocking is that it's a method of planning where we are breaking our schedule into these larger blocks of time where we focus on just one particular activity, but not necessarily just one task. So for example, in my daily plan, I'll write first out things that are time sensitive, you know, dropping kids off at school, meetings, or any other appointments. Then with that structure in place, I can then look at what's left in my day and figure out how I want to incorporate my to-do list into my day. So like today, I have a writing block that goes from 10.30 to 12. And then I have another time block in the afternoon to go over email and then another one for doing recording. And I can use those time blocks to help me figure out what kind of breaks I need to be taking throughout the day. Now, as you may have noticed, that writing time block is 90 minutes. And that's about as long as I'm willing to go without taking some kind of more substantial break. Writing is really what I focus on doing those big time blocks for, but any other sort of creative task can easily work with larger time blocks where we don't want to have all those interruptions that throw us off track. Now, I also have email, and that's one of those things that's just murder on my brain. So I need to take much more frequent breaks when working on my correspondence. These kinds of short, punchy tasks I find work really well with Pomodoros and having uh, some sort of small dopamine pickups like dance breaks. And just as a reminder, a Pomodoro is a style of working where you have a set amount of time you're working, say, 
15 to 20 minutes, and then you take a five minute break. And then after doing a few of these Pomodoros in a row, you take a longer break. I really like Pomodoros for doing little things like work sprints on tasks that aren't going to suffer so much from me being interrupted on them. And so that's why working on emails is great because I can do a few emails, take a break, do a few more emails, and it's a lot easier for me to get through them then. And then also why that just doesn't work for my longer writing sessions because those breaks interrupt how I'm thinking through what I'm writing. So that's why there's kind of a difference on how you want to plan your day. And again, it's this visual system for seeing my time that really makes this work. Because if I'm looking at my schedule and I see that I have thing after thing without a break anywhere, I know that I'm going to have to rework some things somehow. It also really helps me comprehend how much I'm actually going to be able to get done in a day. Because if I'm even slightly accurate with my time blocks, I'm going to be able to see that there's no way to fit 12 things onto my to-do list into my day. I'm just going to have to pick and choose which things are the most important for me to get done that day. And just as important as making that schedule in the first place is also understanding that sometimes we're going to need to adjust our schedules, maybe even most of the time. Even today, I was supposed to have my writing block a bit earlier than I scheduled, but I was having trouble shaking off those cobwebs this morning, so I decided to take a long walk after dropping off the kids, and it's okay for me to shift things around because I know that my schedule isn't set in stone. When we write down our schedule, that's just a suggested way of doing things, not even necessarily the ideal way for us to be doing things. We're the ultimate arbiters of what kind of day that we're actually having. Some days I'm going to have to push things around more than others, and some days I'm not going to have to adjust things all that much. And also, just as a note, make sure you're also scheduling in time for things like lunch. I'm going to hit more on this in the next question, but it's an easy thing to forget. Eating is important, so it needs to be in the calendar. And that goes for exercise and time for yourself as well. All right, I hope that helps. And yeah, it's just about creating a bit of structure throughout the day and then making sure that you don't go too long without your breaks and really focusing on how you feel, because it's not going to be the same every day, depending on what you do. The more cognitive demanding tasks, the longer the break you're going to need. All right. Thanks for calling in. All right. And let's let me queue up this next question. Hi, Will. My name is Phoebe and I was diagnosed with ADHD about six months ago at age 20. Uh, My question is, how can I improve my eating habits? During the day, I always forget to eat. I've never been a breakfast person, so I'll always skip breakfast. And then usually by lunchtime, I'm in hyper-focus mode at university, or even if I'm at home, I'll get stuck into reorganizing my kitchen or whatever. So I'll often forget to eat lunch until... It's late afternoon and I realize that I feel faint and grumpy because I haven't eaten all day. But by that time, making a sandwich is too many steps. So I'll get something convenient, which tends to have little nutritional value and ends up being more expensive. And then also by the end of the week, I'm always throwing out and wasting all of the lunch ingredients I bought when I was grocery shopping because I ate a sausage roll for lunch instead of making my own lunch. I'm, I'm really good with dinners because I live with my partner, so we take turns cooking at night and we always make sure that we're eating nice balanced meals. But I really struggle with lunch. 
So how do you make sure that you're eating three meals a day and getting enough fruits and vegetables into your diet and not getting takeaway every single lunchtime? Well, thanks for calling in for this. This is absolutely something I've dealt with myself and honestly can still find myself dealing with it sometimes. While it may seem like forgetting to eat is kind of silly, like of course you're not going to forget to eat, you're going to get hungry. As our caller pointed out, is that by the time that we're receiving those hunger cues, it's well beyond the point where we should have started eating. We're feeling faint, we're irritable, and we just want to eat the easiest thing available. So as I mentioned in the last question, one of our best bets here is to make sure that we're putting lunch on our calendar. And at least in a loose sense, we should know when we're going to be having those larger meals. Breakfast and dinner can be easier since culturally those are more communal meals and they're kind of got more of a set time of when we have them. Uh, We also will have the accountability of eating with another person if we do that, although certainly that isn't the case for everyone. But with lunch, it's often something we do by ourselves, and it's, you know, we do it when we kind of feel like it's time to eat lunch. So it could be, you know, I'm having an early lunch at 11, or hey, I'm going to be having lunch at 2, or maybe I'm working on something, I push it past then. And then, you know, it's four o'clock and now I'm real hangry because I haven't eaten all day. Point being is that when we don't schedule our lunch, it's really easy for us to kind of just slip off our schedules until we really, really need it. But that also doesn't solve our problem of how we're even going to get ourselves to eat at our specified time. It's really easy to arrive at lunchtime and not want to make anything or get up and actually get the food. And this is really comes down to being an issue of executive function, which is kind of funny because having lunch is one of those things that helps refill our tanks. Anyway, being an issue of executive function, our best bet here is to try and front load our effort, meaning that if we can take out some of the legwork of getting lunch ready at lunchtime, we're going to have a much better time. This can take on a few forms depending on what works best for you. First step is just deciding on what lunch is going to be. Now, I know this isn't super reliable because past me isn't always thinking about what future me is actually going to want to eat. So while I decided I was going to have a salad for lunch, lunchtime me is saying, screw that, order a pizza. So it can be a little tricky there. This doesn't mean that planning ahead isn't worthwhile, but it does mean we should be considering what we're going to be happy eating at that time. Aspirational planning tends to come back and bite us, so really focus on thinking about what you will be willing to eat. Additionally, we're going to want to make following through with those choices as easy as possible. And so that can mean doing a bit of food prep. In your message, you mentioned that you had sandwich makings that were going to waste. And so we could try thinking about making that sandwich earlier in the day or even the night before. Anytime that you might have the executive function to complete the task as a way to front load that effort. And I know meal prep is not the easiest thing to get into, so it's going to take some time before it's a habit. One thing that helped me with doing lunches and meal prep was getting myself some nice lunch boxes to do it in. While it would be fine to just toss a sandwich in a Ziploc bag, having a nice container to put my food in was a great way for me to feel better about the process, and since I had one with little sections, it also helped encourage me to have more variety of foods when I was eating because I didn't want to just leave one of those little sections open, so I'd toss in a few baby carrots or some snap peas or something that was, you know, an easy vegetable or fruit, and That is absolutely the kind of thing I want to make sure I'm including in my lunch. And a part of this is also thinking about meal prepping in terms of 
just getting the ingredients ready ahead of time so that they're ready when you want to eat. Having your veggies or fruit already cut up takes out a lot of that resistance around eating them. And if you can afford it, many grocery stores do have the option to buy pre-cut food. While I used to think it was kind of a waste of money because I could just do it myself, I found more often than not that I would just be letting the whole fruits rot in my fridge. And so it was actually better to just buy the pre-cut up stuff and accept that, yeah, that's what works for me. And again, the whole point here is trying to find out what works for you to create those systems, looking at how can I make sure that this is going to be easy for me to do in the future, because I know future me is going to have problems doing it and trying to find where those points of resistance are going to be for you. And so that's why I really think having those foods available that you're going to eat is probably going to be your best bet. All right. Hope that helps. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. And remember, if you've got questions for me, you can drop those over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at hackingyouradhd. And I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can find those on the show notes page at hackingyouradhd.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I love this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I'd bet you'd get a lot out of it too. Or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the two, five, 10, 25, or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. Oh man, all my books fell on the floor, but don't feel too bad. I only have my shelf to blame.